Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cockcast podcast. <sighs> Spurs 2, Liverpool 1. And it's Varsical, lads, isn't it? <laughs> varsical, indeed. Absolutely Varsical. Um, so, yeah, I've got Chief in uh, back. Finally back in Donegal, Chief, yeah? No, still marooned in Belfast. <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> I've been to Spain and back, and you're still I know you have, down and the I road. Still can't get home. Still, oh. I got to take in the match in Robinson, so it was all right. Yeah, well, that's not too bad. Oh, Robinson's that's a nice wee change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit of wax to be in there. Um, I've also got Jerry Liverpool, who gives absolutely no fucks about Liverpool or Belfast uh, drinking establishments or whether Chief is in one part of the island or another. So, absolutely not. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> So, lads, listen, what we're going to do is, um, I think the game itself will come to at some point, but I think chronologically we, we have a situation here um, where there's a lot of focus on the offside goal, which was, you know, not offside, but given offside, despite it being clearly onside, and whatever number of different reasons or excuses or validations that these guys are coming up with to um rationalize what's happened um there are multiple other questionable decisions which happened during that game which put a spin on it that might make it look more sinister otherwise you know it all kicks off with with the jones red card now chief like there seems to be split opinion on on the jones red um but you know i think the first thing that that we say is it looks bad where he catches Basuma. Um, but I don't know. I think Johnny Henderson had tweeted out that um, the first freeze frame that the ref sees is literally the contact, not realizing exactly. that he doesn't go in with studs up. He's reaching with for the ball with his toe and just, you know, the fact that the ball is round, you know, his foot kind of slides over the top and it catches him and it's really unlucky. I think Shearer said it was very unlucky. He wasn't sure if it was a red on match of the day, but like, I think it's really, really harsh. I don't know about you. Well, Shearer was at pains to say that he thinks he was very harshly done by to get a red for that. And I'd agree. Um, but at the same time, I know why the opinions sort of split, and I know why some people are saying, "Well, it's probably a red in the end," because, like you say, it, it looks really bad. The final sort of where he ends up, basically, and it's not really through any fault of his own. He's stretching for it, and he goes for the ball. He gets the ball. He t- his foot steps over the top, but he makes contact with the ball about you know three times probably before he ends up. Sort of making contact with a doggy, is it? No, it's Basuma. Sorry. Um, so it's one of them where the ref actually, for me, does the right thing and books him, and VAR gets involved, and because of the way they forensically show it, even while you're watching the game on TV, you can see you sort of think you're seeing what they're looking at. Anyway, I don't know if you necessarily are, but. They showed the replay in super slow-mo about four times. And you could see the impact. 
and as you say, like the the still that the ref has shown as soon as he goes over for about the first 10 seconds of him looking at the screen is the final position that Jones's foot ends up in uh, as he makes contact with Basuma. And it, it's an ankle. It's on the ankle and it looks bad. It's over the top of the ball, but it doesn't show any of the context. So VAR sort of made their minds up anyway while they were doing the replays and told him to go over and basically issue the red. And, and he's done it. And it's very rare that you see referees disagree. And I would say, probably, re- I, I don't have stats on this, but probably referees that don't go with VAR's decision in, in those circumstances end up not getting too many too many games. Um, you'd have to check that. But, um, yeah, I'm sort of split on it. At the time, I was like, I was, you know, furious, as you, as I can imagine a lot of people were. But... I can't see why why it was sort of given, but at the same time, or why the ref felt that he had to give it. At the same time, I don't think VAR needed to get involved. There's been far worse that I've seen, or certainly similar, where they haven't got involved. I mean, there's one last week where Inkeria flies in with two feet on the keeper and makes contact nowhere near the ball, like way late, gets a yellow. It definitely should have been a red. It was mentioned on Match of the Day, but and, and by pretty much every podcaster that's covered that much and nothing was done. So I don't really know why they had to get involved. Yeah, it's a, it's a really fair point. And I think Jay, the fact that the fact that the aftermath is so split down the middle. And I think I heard, I can't remember who it was by Glenn Denny, maybe was saying literally his response was, I don't know if that was a red card or not. Um, that, for me, is kind of the barometer if we're talking about the the use of the term clear and obvious. You know, is it a clear and obvious error? No, um, in the long and short, but it's not. I, this, the, the thing that's lacking in pretty much any decision is common sense and football and knowledge. So. Elliot doesn't go in to hurt the lad. He goes in to challenge the uh, Elliot. Sorry, um, Jones and um, goes in to challenge the ball, and he is his side of the ball is near as he goes in with first contact and momentum because the ball is round of his body takes his foot over the ball and straight away the lad apologizes and realizes you know I've all right I've gone over I've made contact didn't mean it and initially the referee's decision was correct in terms of giving the yellow card and. You know, he's made contact and whatever, but I feel as though the VAR now has got to the point where it's like we won't embarrass the referee on the field to the point of like making him go over and reconsider his decision. I think they're just going over and be like, look, you've made a mistake, go over to the machine, have a little look and pretend that you're changing your mind, but we're telling you now that you've fucked up. So you need to change your mind. Yeah, because Jay, show, because Jay was, still has made his mind up, yeah. even if he was questioning it anyway. Yeah, there's two of them up there, right? There's the VAR and the assistant VAR. So you can only presume that they have both gone, that's definitely a red card. And that's why they sent them over. Yeah? No? The, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, in their opinion, he's made a clear and obvious error. But going in and saying to him, his very first thing he see and the fact that, like, the way that the screen is positioned at Tottenham Stadium is the whole, you know, TV production can see it because it's the other side of the pitch. 
and they can see exactly what he's looking at. And basically, I put a tweet out and said, like, it's it's like showing a jury and evidence of a car crash. And we're saying, like, right, this person was killed as of the, uh, as of the consequences of this car crashing. But then they're going, OK, well, clearly the driver of the car was guilty. Let's not forget that the car might have had, like, you know, a bust wheel or might have been hit by another car and result in that car crashing to someone else. And then that meant that person, you know, was injured or whatever. They're just showing them the end result and they're not actually looking at the whole bigger picture. And also showing things in slow motion always looks worse. You know what I mean? If you if you look at any sort of sport, you know, like, you know, cricket, tennis, rugby, whatever, if you show an incident of like, especially contact, which football is a contact sport in slow motion, it's going to look worse. Like, and doing all that is not giving a real reflection of what the actual is going on in the game. It's 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 influencing the referee. So even if he was, you know, there to change his mind, not that he's already been told to change anyway by the fellow upstairs or the fellow in Stockley Park or whatever he is, it's going to do it because they're, they're giving them all the, you know, evidence there to say, this is not what we think it is. This is, you know, absolute opposite. So we're going to show you everything we can to convince you otherwise. So you're on a loser and, you know, I think there's very, very, very few decisions, maybe a handful of decisions in the whole time of VAR's been in the league. Is it, what, two, three years where the referee's gone to the league, uh, review monitor and gone, actually, no, I'm sticking with that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the big one then. Uh, 32 minutes. Diaz set away by Salah. Sticks it in the net. Great finish. We're off. It's offside. And I'm, I'm in a bar in Spain, and I've had quite a number of drinks, right? And as soon as they show the the freeze frame, I was like, "Fucking happy days exactly. onside." I'm away out for a smoke, so took my beer out, smoked with myself, and walked outside. And then I saw the game had kicked off again, and I was like, "Fuck, that was fast." Um, and I looked up in the corner, and it was nil nil, and I was like. Is this is this a TV outside behind? Is it you know is the is the stream or or the whatever it is is it a couple of minutes behind and that's why it's still showing nil nil and you know I'm just for a while I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Now, chief, this is this is either like well we'll get into what it is, but ultimately. The rationale that we've been given is that the VAR thought that the gold had been given and he was looking to rule it out. So he went quickly, easy, fine, check complete. But somehow did not check if, you know, didn't know that the referee had disallowed the goal, the lines was his flag up despite. The entire rest of the world that were watching that game clearly been able to see for a number of different reasons that it was offside and the linesman put his flag up and the goal was disallowed on the pitch. Now, there's three people there. First of all, it's a pretty clear onside. The linesman doesn't do himself any favours there, cover himself in glory. Then you've got the VAR looking at it. Then you have the assistant VAR looking at it and you've got the referee down there and they should all be able to speak to each other. So, you know, like it is... One of the categorically worst sequence of 
multiple mistakes resulting in the one area of VAR that is not subjective not being held up, and it's atrocious. It's <clears throat> he can't explain it away, and if they're trying, they're they're frantically scrambling. Another useless apology issued. I think that's the fourth or fifth one this season that Hardwebs had to issue on behalf of the so-called professional uh, game. You know, the professional referee and association, the PGMOL, whatever it is. Um, they're an absolute laughing stock. And their credibility on a decision like this, lots of things can be explained away in football. You know, that's the nature of it. As we say all the time, things are subjective. And sometimes you look at something and you think, I have no idea why this is not being given. But at the same time, there is somebody who'll be able to argue it's not being given because of this or he thinks that or whatever. And it'll be subjective. And whether you agree or not, you can't, you know, you can't win on that. But as you say, the offside thing is you, you can't argue with it. Um, and they haven't even, you know, as you, you said there, that, that you know, that it was so quick. They didn't draw any lines. They didn't take any time at all. And I can't for the life of me believe the story that they thought the goal had been given. I mean, you can sort of see if he's just said check complete and quick and, you know, it is an obvious onside because I, I was like you. I saw the flag go up because my instinct was it was onside. And then I saw the flag go up and I was like, oh, because I was celebrating. And I was like, fuck, I've gone too early again. I should have waited. I should know by now to wait for VAR. And I see the freeze frame and I'm like, he's fucking miles on. Because you can see the leg. You can see that back leg. And even I haven't even looked to see if the body is in line or what. What it's not important, and it's so close to it's so close to the the cut on the pitch that there's literally a line there. Yeah, to be exactly. used. You can tell by the cut of the pitch. You can tell by the fact that his leg is his back leg is outstretched. You know, way behind. You know, clearly playing Diaz on. It's about a yard, and he's he's the first player that the linesman sees as well. He's on his side, so. Again, you don't know why that flag's going up. Plus, the ball's in the back of the net. You've let the play go. You haven't put your flag up when it's gotten to Diaz. You've let the play go. Now, let VAR decide. Don't fucking you put your flag up. You're not meant to, number one. Unless you're absolutely certain. And how can you be absolutely certain when you're actually wrong? So, again, it's impossible. You shouldn't be putting your flag up. So, you have put your flag up. And you between the... Four of them, plus the fourth official and whatever, they can't communicate to each other what's actually gone on. No, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. Um, I also saw some cock and bull stories sort of put about earlier that there were two sets of lines drawn and, and they chose the wrong set. I don't know, but we didn't see any lines. And that's what makes it even worse. Um, you could, you know, pre-VAR, you could have argued about this all day, but it wouldn't have mattered because you you could have explained it away. Oh, well, he has a split second. He wasn't sure. It's only his back leg, yada, yada. But with the technology, you can't explain it away. There's a goal in the Everton game where they take a minute and a half to get the right decision and they give it. They give it. There's plenty of time. There's one, there's, one takes, there's one takes over four minutes this season. I yeah. think it might have been one in the Everton game. 
and this was wrapped up in like 20 seconds or something and and we've kicked off and we're, we've already been put down to 10 minutes earlier through a, a controversial decision to say the least where VAR's got involved and now they're ruling out a goal for the 10 men um and then what we're going to come on to what happens 30 seconds later so the game is absolutely flipped on its head so it's it, it's a madness. Just just do the basics. Just put the line across. Just fucking communicate. And I don't believe that they didn't know what was going on. I don't because it's it's a pattern as we'll come on to discuss. So, yeah, you know, uh, apologies are like I tweeted or like I put in the WhatsApp. It's like I had an insult to injury. Don't fucking apologize. Get it right. And if you haven't got yeah. it right, then order the match to be replayed or award the points or award a draw or whatever. Do something that matters. Yeah. Um, Jay, it's like it's 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 inexplicable, really. And there there is then some footage going around of around a minute and a half later where you can see the ref has this throw in, he stopped it, you can hear he's getting something in his ear and he just goes right dead on. Play away play on. So you presume then that he's been he's told been that there's been a massive balls up here. But there's apparently this rule that once the game's restarted, they can't go back and fix their mistake. Like, VAR is literally designed for referees to fix their mistakes. That's what it's there for. So, well, the initial, let's just go back to the, the initial wording was the VAR official, let's just start in England. We'll get into him in a minute. But his initial thought was it being given as a goal. So that was his his responsibility was to check, was it onside? And apparently he said, it's gone. Yeah, it's onside, check complete. And obviously there's been miscommunication because on the field they give it as an offside. Straight away, when he's seen a free kick being taken, he should be on the blower. So Simon Hooper going, whoa, 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 stop what you're doing there, fella. I've just said it's a goal. And why are you doing this? Do you know what I mean? Like, and the, as you just mentioned, there's, there's what three, four of them: the referee, the fourth official, and the fella and his assistants in the, in the Stockley Park, whatever. He should be on the blower screaming, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa stop what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? I told you it's a goal, and you're not doing the right action. And it should have been flagged up there and then. It shouldn't have been even allowed to get any further than that, to the point of where you know a minute later or something. That that's a sackable offence. If if you or I done something like that in your job where you allowed something to to go that was such a grave error and so costly, you know, I mean, let's, let's just take it to what I do. I, I build car engines. If I if I miss something, oh, and didn't do something with an engine and an engine fell and hit and hurt someone, I'd be sacked. Or if I was missing things off my job. I'd be pulled in and I'd stay in where and if it was missing someone that was that big, I'd be sacked. It's as simple as that. If you if you were in any other job and you were missing things that are so consequential, you'd be sacked. And these fellas just get stood down with a week for pay. It's absolutely scandalous what goes on. It 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 baffles and begs belief, but you you just can't wrap your head around it. Yeah, yeah, I think, and and actually, you know, the the sanctions which we'll come on to is is these guys. They're actually taken out of the firing line for a week, is what happens. Um, which I think again is is just shambolic. So then, you know, Son scores 
few minutes afterwards, Chief. It's like we talk about insult to injury. That really is insult to injury. Um, there is a, a weird situation where the ref plays advantage when we've got a free kick on the edge of the box and we lose the ball almost immediately. First of all, he doesn't go back. Second of all, it's not an advantage to continue to pass the ball around the edge of the box when you've got a, a position to shoot on goal, especially when you have players like, you know, Dominic Sabozlai floating around there. Um, and then we get on to, you know, I think, let's start with the, the Salah Yellow. You can have a go at the Salah Yellow there, um, Chief. It's... <laughs> The foul initially is he, he puts his arm on him, he does, but those are the fouls that Mo Salah does not get every single week. Multiple times when he goes down like that and never gets the free kick. So he's away, it's a really good opportunity. And he gets, does he kick the ball away? Does he cross the ball? I don't know. He gets booked, he's annoyed. And you can imagine emotions running high at that point, given what's previously happened. And, and there, bang, there's another yellow card. And just to bear in mind, this is a team that for five consecutive seasons topped the Fair Play League. So we are not that sort of side, generally, to pick up yellow cards for things like this. But when you're pushed so far, when multiple things seem to be going against you, then there will be emotional reactions and outbursts. Chief, it's um, it's it's an incredibly soft free kick. I mean, you say they're the fouls that Salah doesn't get, but I mean Salah does does a lot less than than usually happens to him. He, he touches him, the fella's looking for the free kick. He's panicking. You know, Salah's got the beating of him, and he just goes down, and the ref gives it. Um, and he gets a yellow card for nothing. Um, for nothing. Um, we talked about your dog. Well. We talked in the pre-pod. You want to give out yellow cards for for so-called breaches of discipline or or dissent. Uh, well, your doggy's flashing the the yellow card sign um, at least once in that game. I think he's on a booking when he does it. It's an automatic yellow. He doesn't get booked. Salah gets a yellow card for continuing the play for about a split second, maybe after the whistle. Um, doesn't boot it away. Doesn't. It's 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 barely a foul in the first place. Um. So it's it must be very frustrating for him. He knows. You know we've done the stats on it before on the number of of fouls he gets per ninety compared to other forwards and other players and his his type of player, tricky wingers and so on. And he he gets nothing. So he must be raging, but I mean, he hasn't shown dissent there at all. He's he's barely touched the ball, in fact, to get the, the yellow. I think we end up with um, seven yellow cards in the game, if you include the double for Jota and, you know, obviously the two reds. And for a team that, as you said, has finished top of the Fair Play League for four seasons in a row and has fantastic discipline and has been notable under Klopp, they seem to have managed at, uh, at PGMOL headquarters to flip the rules to fuck Liverpool over because we've had four red cards so far this season in seven games. So um, have we suddenly become hatchet men or have the PGMOL cooked up a way to fucking stifle us a little bit more? Have those petrol dollars been uh, been working their magic? Um, 
you know, have those consultations in the UAE gone further than just banqueting and all expenses paid trips. I mean, we hear that the VAR guy was on, uh, was reffing or was working in the UAE just 48 hours before the game. Well, I'd suggest you stop moonlighting, mate, because you're fucking asleep at the wheel. Um, how that's allowed is beyond me. These, I'll say it against the PGMOL professional. They're being paid a tidy fucking sum to referee in the Premier League. I would say, given the nature of the league, the number of games, the stresses and the prominence of it, that that's enough of a job for anyone. So keep your fucking jollies until you've retired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it totally. stinks. It stinks is what totally. it does. We'll get, and we will we will get to that, Chief. Don't worry. I'll give you I'll give you a, a good old rant on that. Um, and I'll even I'll even help you along with your arguments. Surprisingly enough, um, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, uh, the the Johnny Yellows, um, Jay, like the first one, the first one Johnny gets put for running, basically running in a straight line. Now, he may get kicked by the Spurs player, which makes him fall over. But he doesn't do anything. It's not a foul. He does not do anything. He does not engage the player at all. So that is mad. Then, as as Chief says, you know, the guy who he eventually fouls for the for the second yellow, which is stupid and it's the second yellow, but again, now at a point where this player is frustrated and when you're frustrated and, and stressed you do daft things and he's done something daft there because in my opinion the referee has created a situation where emotions are running high through multiple awful decisions and also you know repeatedly giving stupid free kicks that aren't free kicks the other way and the two ways then, as I said before it's common sense Common sense, like the and at that the dog. at that point, sorry, yeah, at that point, it should be with, with the, the the gesturing that the chief's talking about. It should be ten v ten, and Johnny doesn't make that tackle. There was, you know? there was a situation. It's nine v eleven. There was a situation in on the season where McAllister was booked for being fouled and asking for the yellow card. So McAllister was fouled by someone I can't remember the opponent we were playing. Clear and obvious foul. And McAllister asks for the other card. He is then booked, and the foul is then given the other way because, you know, disrespect to this professional person who's meant to be in the middle of the bar, who's meant to be doing a job. That's, a, you know, farcical to say the least. But the first one, you know, he's got that wrong in the in the point of, you know, the defender, Udogi, runs across Jota's path, and Jota doesn't make any attempt to foul him. It just so happens that he clips him. And the referees made a mistake there and, and booked them for that, you know, which is, is a very soft yellow. And then obviously Jota then feels agrees and a minute later he lunges in, which is stupid on Jota's behalf. He should know better. However, a common sense referee would then pull Jota aside and say, look, fella, you're on a warning. You've had the yellow. That was reckless. That was stupid. Anything else, even, even half as bad as that and you're off. You know what I mean? And at least then, you know, he's had a very fair warning and it can be said that referee is applying some sort of football common sense to the game. However, he's not. He's just been a prick and, you know, he's already on his high horse and he already knows he's fucked up. So he's thinking, now, nah, you know what? I'll just carry on being more of a prick and he just sends him off for the sake of it. And 
just adds more to the narrative of like how incompetent these referees are. You know, they're asking for respect. You're not going to get respect when you're acting like that. You know what I mean? You can't even speak to a referee. Look what Virgil van Dijk got hundred grand for having a go at a referee for a decision that was questionable. And then you've got the likes of Jordan Pickford, Effing and Blind, the referee the other week for Everton game. Nothing. Battered away. You've got Spurs players surrounding the referee for Jota to be sent off. Nothing. Udogi looking for the yellow card when he's been, you know, arguably tripped up by himself. Nothing. You know what I mean? The inconsistency slaps of corruption because it's it's happening too far, too often, and it's going to affect the outcome of what they're saying is the best, the best league in the world. And unfortunately, what what are we going to have to have to wait for? Are we going to have to wait for this to go against Man City or something? Because that's what it seems like. You know, it's it's always happening to the same teams like every week. And maybe when it goes against Man City, maybe when it goes against Arsenal, maybe when it goes against Newcastle, even you know, because they're they're you know flush for cash from from state sources. Maybe then when Eddie Howe and Pep Guardiola and Mikel Arteta, the golden boys of English football management, come out and actually complain. Will things be taken notice of? Because at the moment it'll just be seen that Klopp is crying and whinging as always, and he'll just be laughed at and made a headline of. And until then, I actually fear that nothing will ever be done. Yeah, and and Klopp's remarkably reserved actually afterwards. Um, I think he knows because he doesn't want to give them what they want. If he yeah. says something, he becomes the story, and he well, gets fined, and they make a make. A fucking pantomime villain again, villain again, and, and all yeah. that bullshit. And his point—he's gotten to the point of resignation. He's resigned to it. He's actually spouting, you know, he's basically telling them what they want to hear, whilst at the same time saying, "I'm saying this because if I say anything else, I'm fucked." Yeah, and, and the, the, sta- the statement from from the PGMOL uh, reads: PGMOL acknowledges a significant human error occurred during the first half of Tottenham versus Liverpool. The goal by Julius Diaz was disallowed for offside by the on-field team of match officials, so there's your first error. It was a clear and obvious factual error and should have been resulted in the goal being awarded through video assistant referee intervention. However, the VAR failed to intervene. There's your second error. What they also don't say is that the VAR assistant fails to intervene. Um, PGM will conduct a full review. <laughs> End of the circumstances which led to the error. We'll get on to, you know, well, what we'll, the all, route... we'll all rest easy then. A bunch yes, of, every, yeah, a bunch and of... that should sort it all out. That would be that would be fine. Uh, PGM yeah. will immediately be contacting Liverpool at the conclusion of the fixture to acknowledge the error, not apologize for the error, but acknowledge. There's no mention of an apology there at all, um, which I think is, you know, smacks of again arrogance. Um, we get things wrong, suck it up, get on with it. You know, we'll try to be better the next time. And, you know, Chief, I think the thing that frustrates me is here is that significant human error, VAR is literally there to correct and avoid significant human error. That's what it's there for. And they're painting it as human error so they can get their story out. And they're painting it as, oh, aren't we all just human? You know, you've all done it. It's a nightmare, but you've all been there. No, let's investigate the circumstances around it and we'll fucking decide if it was human error, actually. Let you not investigate it yourselves. Let authorities investigate you. You've set yourself up as this authority that no, and now you're 
as you get worse at your job, just like in the political world we have, you make it more and more difficult for the people you're you're responsible to to question you and change yep. you. Yep, you're 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 absolutely shafted my agenda here, Chief. Uh, <laughs> am I am I jumping ahead? Absolutely, Sorry. absolutely shitting all over it. Um, <laughs> but, okay, right. Well, look, let's get to it. Um, there's two schools of thought here. Okay, there is. I know what side you sit on, Chief. Um, you think there's something more sinister going on here. Now, 100%. there are a lot of people like that, which is fine. Um, and I can understand why that is. Um, there are the statistical outliers, and we are the statistical outliers with regards to penalties given at home, fouls on Mo Salah, big decisions going for and against us. There is a 26 big decision swing between us and Manchester City since Klopp came in. There are 413 that they shouldn't have, or we are minus 13 that we should have. It's actually a bit more each way, but we'll round it down just to try and save them a little bit of face. Um, we also have the previous experience of these multiple issues. You know, you know the Van Dyke-Pickford one, which not only should be a penalty, but literally puts him out for a season and maybe impacts his ability to play the game to the levels that he was previously. You've got the Tierney um, outlying examples and, and the you know, what way does the, you know, relationship and accusations that Klopp has with Tierney impact that entire organisation? As you mentioned earlier on, you've got the rest out in the UAE. We all know which, which club they are, are, are associated with. Um, and that is at best a conflict of interest. Um, and I know I work in, in like sometimes for financial industries and I have to disclose any conflicts of interest and that will determine wh- and that where is I- a legal conflict of interest right there like absolutely absolutely and I'm gonna go and this is th- these are the next this, this is the next point right there's no independent regulator and this is my big issue there's no independent regulator these guys are essentially a private firm that have no competition either and in every walk of life, where things are deregulated, generally what you'll find is fraud happens. Mm-hmm. And the, the biggest example I can I can put to you is, you know, for example, the 2008 um, housing market crash. That was because regulations were removed by Clinton. That allowed fraud to occur. And the whole fucking thing ends up coming down like a pack of cards. Simple as that. Um, so there's evidence for that. We've also got, you know, um, stories coming out now about referees um, in Spain. We've had, you know, the Caltropoli um, um, scandal. Issue, scandal, thank you, in Italy. So there is, there. this is not something which is beyond the realms of things that we already know have happened in the sport. Um, and the other thing then is there's just a massive lack of access and transparency as to actually what goes on and sometimes you have to ask the question well why is that why is that what and the question you'll probably ask chief is what are they trying to hide a hundred percent listen the pgmol is corrupt i mean just on a very basic level the very way that they rally around in your opinion right 
in your opinion. Yeah, of course. Well, this is an opinion. Yeah, but it's corrupt in the sense that it acts as an institution. And instead of actually investigating and actually punishing its members who commit transgressions, it does its best to, to explain them away or cover them up or ignore that there's been a problem at all. And if anything does come out like this and it's impossible, they issue a we apology, hold, say they're sorry, and we'll investigate honest. And as you say, take their guy out of the firing line for a week. And then a couple of weeks later, he comes back in and life goes on. They act as an institution. They don't act in the best interests of the sport. Yeah, that is that is playing pretty much for everyone to see. And I think anyone, whether they're sort of more of a, a thinker and, a, and and someone who'll try and join the dots or whether there's someone who's happy to take what they're presented with at face value, anyone could see that at face value, the PGMOL acts as an institution and it acts in the best interest of itself as an institution rather than in the best interest of the sport that it's supposed to serve. So I think that's, we, we can get that out of the way straight off the bat. Yeah. So when you're, when you're lying, to people who are involved in that sport, and you're trying to cover your own back, and and you're you're not you know doing anything about your mistakes and so on, so-called mistakes, you are acting in a corrupt way. So that's the first thing, right? The second thing is, and I mentioned it earlier, if you're going to allow, you know, if the Premier League and the British government is going to allow petro-funded states to take over football clubs, then the rules need to be adapted and referees and officials cannot go and work in one of the states for a large fucking fee, by the way, uh, that actively controls teams within the league where they make their, their, their bread and butter, where they're actually contractually, you know, obliged to. It's, as you said, a huge conflict of interest. We don't know what goes on in UAE. Yeah. And quite frankly, we don't care. They shouldn't be there purely from a sporting point of view, from a fitness point of view, from a mental tiredness point of view. But when you move it on to conflict of interest, potential for corruption, it's it's massive. It's absolutely massive. So that's a huge, huge red flag. There's the 26-point big decision swing like minus 13, as you said, they've had 13 big decisions that have gone for them that they would not have been expected to get. We've had 13 go against us that you would expect to get. Yeah, that's massive, especially when there's basically been two teams going for the title the entire time that the sample size has been collected. You've got the whole, as you mentioned. I think, you know, sorry, just Chief, just the other thing to mention on that, right? And I think it's important to mention it. Um, the other two teams that have been most successful during that year and have finished highest in the year are, are um, Man United and Chelsea. They have had a plus three swing. So that's where you should probably find the average. Absolutely. Nobody nobody can... I'm not going to sit here and spit feathers or spit blood over a plus... I'd even go to five, a plus or minus five. You know, that can happen over the course of time. But plus or minus 13, close to 14 on both sides is is not an accident um you know we've all seen it over the years we, we, there was the the 
Was it Gundogan handball against Wolves a couple of seasons ago when we were going for the quadruple that wasn't given? Um, was it uh, yeah, was the, it the, 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 the Diaz handball with a well. pen against against Everton? Uh, perhaps Diaz or, or or Rodri not given. There, you know, there's stuff which has swung the title their way in those seasons. Um, and actually, there's just to throw this one in there as well. And again, I can't believe that I'm helping you out with your argument here, but there was that bizarre. Um, oh, maybe was it four against Arsenal that offside with Brentford last year that they said? They yeah, couldn't... it was against, it was against Arsenal. The, the 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 VAR had a dark spot, and it fucked over Arsenal when they were going for the you know for the title against against City. Now, this is the thing. It's geared towards, for me, it's geared towards helping Manchester City win everything they can win. And I'm not even going to, I mean, I'm going to reference, mention them here, but I'm not going to go into detail. But if you want to check out the cup draws they've had over the years as well, and the Champions League groups they've had over the years as well, you can maybe get into that. But there's a lot going on here. You know, you've got states running clubs, you've got unlimited money, you've got 115 charges against them. So we know that they... And those charges have been quoted. The investigation's being done. Whether they face sanction or not is another matter. But those those charges are widely accepted that, that these things have, have, have certainly happened. Um, it's whether you said he can prove they're 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 legally done. Um, but the athletics quoted them. Uh, Spiegel wrote the article. I mean, there's been years of investigations gone into this, so we know they are willing. To go plus the other one, the other investigations, the UEFA one, were only ruled out on a time basis, uh, and their ban was only uh, overturned because I mean, basically, they shouldn't have been in the Champions League last year to win it. Let's let's put it like that. Um, so we know that they're that they cheat. We know that they use their money illegally. That's out there. It's in the public domain, um, and we're expected to believe that you're getting all these mad decisions. And these huge swings of points and these things going on and, and none of those petrol dollars and referees, by the way, officiating in the UAE. And none of these are finding their way to the hands of referees. Are are we supposed to believe that British officials are are the most uh have the most integrity in the world of sport? You've referenced Spain, you've referenced Italy, it's happened in Germany, it's happened all over the world. And I've said for years, are we expected to believe that the Premier League is, is clean? Well, maybe you could have in the past, but not when you've got countries like that involved who use their wealth quite flagrantly to get to where they want to go, whose only purpose is making themselves look better. And they will, and they think that the way to do that is by winning. And they will take any measure to do that. And they have the wherewithal to make that happen. I think... At some point, when the at certain points there is smoke without fire, but when the smoke gets really, really thick and noxious, you're pretty sure there's some flames there. Yeah, look, I, I can, I can totally, I can totally buy into that argument. I, I can also buy into the other side, um, Jay, and you know, there at best here there is a massive professionalism and competence issue with this group of officials. Um, it was bad last year, um, but as hard web has come in, this year has been 
you know, every week there isn't just like errors. There are massive errors. I think TC early on has been like five apologies or something handed out. There's only been seven fucking games played or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, we get the Onana decision um, where he literally aerial assaults somebody. Simon Hooper, by the way. Box. So, oh, yes. Yeah, the same guy. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, the one today at, uh, at at Brentford, if anybody's seen it, literally, the the, the forest keeper, whoever it is, what do you call him? Um, Bad Matt Turner wipes out Johan Visser when he nicks the ball off him. He literally, it's not even just, it's a huge. He wipes him out. Absolutely cleans him out with a huge big kick. And to, to, to which we must add, the commentary team said, anywhere else in the pitch, that's a foul. So what difference yeah. is it? What a, difference a hundred, is it? 100%. Um, there, there are no sanctions for these guys. I don't know what the level of training is like. There seems to be very little cooperation with clubs. To you know, make sure they understand you know what these you know what these new rules are and uh, and allow them to kind of prepare prepare for that. And as I said, there's literally no there's no competition for these guys. It's a closed market. There isn't anybody else to come in and do this job. It's not like you can just outsource it to another um, referee. Well, they do company. in the UAE. They outsource it to our referees. No, but yeah, but no, but what? It, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But, but they're but, welcome to them if they want them. So why can't we outsource for the Italian refs to come over or whatever? Well, because well, our lot are fucking shower wankers. Well, well, well. This is it. This is it. So you know, I think Jay, there are massive, massive issues with the quality of officiating in England, and as I say, it's going backwards. Um, the 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 rules or laws, sorry, as I said, are certainly overly complicated and far too vague. And I know that sounds like a contradiction in terms, but I don't think it is. Um, and the application has no consistency. And I think that's where the key issue, I think you said it earlier on, but surely these guys should all be given consistent decisions because they should all be in a room together. They should all be talking together. They should all be training together. Um, they should all be reviewing videos left, right, and centre, going that is, that isn't, that is, that isn't. And they've got the the option of of reviewing these, as as we said on the TV, to help with that consistency. But whatever they're doing in there isn't working. And like I say, the sanctions for these guys being awful at their job is we'll take you out of the firing line for a week. So what what is the answer? How do we fix this? Like, and I mean, like a serious. Um, answer rather than just like outsource to another country because as Chief mentioned earlier on there are potential you know impacts there on their then the quality that you're getting due to fatigue and overworking etc I think maybe the most logical answer is the clubs unite and and try and force something um, but how they force it I don't know so I yeah. You know, I pick up on a, on a couple of things that you said, like you said earlier on about, you know, it's a closed shop. So, so therefore, you know, the, 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 the group of fellas who are all going to protect each other, do you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to, they're not going to grass up their mates because, well, the, the grass is as it is anyway, let's be honest, like, if you're referee the grass, um, that's just how it is. You know, like, no one wants, like, wants to be a snitch for pulling people to play. We don't actually need them in the game in this day and age because, 
they're just there to make it awkward. I think, you know, you could probably do it with someone sat on the sideline with a computer screen these days and it's become that much of a, a sanitised game. You know, it's it's not, it's barely contactable anymore. You know, it's meant to be a contact sport and it, it's barely that, but <laughs> you're probably not going to be able to ship referees in from abroad because, you know, there's not always that good enough referees in Europe. You've, we've been on the back end of some shockers in Europe and, you know, the only thing I will say is that the standard of VAR, for example, in European competition, there seems to be a lot better, a lot quicker, a lot more efficient. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think there's a, a, yeah, and there is another thing here as well, which I think is strange, right? I think, so for me, just to try and build on what you're saying, there are two things. I think the, because we need more officials than we ever had before, fourth officials, you know, we still got two linesmen for fucking some reason. I've got absolutely no idea what linesmen are even there for anymore. Um, you, you've got then the two guys up in the booth. So the quality will be diluted if you need more, a, a bigger volume of people, right? That's just, that's just natural. That's just fact, yeah. Yeah, right. But the other thing is, and we talked about it earlier on, the, the transparency um, is there is absolutely... There's none. And, you know, we, we talked about the rugby earlier on and, and how effective their refereeing style is because there is a, there seems to be a, a lack of will to advance VAR, whether it's with that sort of approach, with, with having the the decisions banked up. And the it, it's as much as well the English mentality too, because this is that mental. I think the only major league in the world with the Premier League to decline bringing in the semi-automated offside system. That was due to the clubs as well. Yeah, it was due to the clubs, but we also know we have this situation where it's not a majority. You need, it's... 14. It's 14. 14 out of the 16. It's, it's two-thirds majority. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which clubs voted against that. Um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. Um, so there is this this reluctance to move at the times as well, which is causing problems. So I, I think that has got to be the way forward. Yeah, that's got to be the only logical solution for me. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm sat here Sunday nights as we're recording this, watching the NFL, um, and you get decisions. Like every touchdown is reviewed. Do you know what I mean? And we're not necessarily asking for every goal to be reviewed in, in in the Premier League or in football, but because the, the nature of that sport is stop stars, you know, they, they allow for that. But you know, they have situations where if a coach doesn't agree with a decision that's being made by a referee, he can challenge it and he gets one challenge a game. And if he's successful, he gets to keep it and challenge again. If he doesn't, he loses it, for example. I'm not saying that could be something that could come into football, but it would be something that is considered when you can Think of like what happened yesterday, you know, like clock could challenge that decision, ask for it to be properly analysed and looked at. Stop the clock. Let's have a let's have a genuine look at what's going on here. Um, yeah, because they all have to draw the lines. Let's let's force yeah. them. We haven't seen a line here, right? No, let's stop. Let's make that happen and let's see. And yeah, another thing another thing that could be done quite easily is is people complain often about the time and whatever, and oh we, we don't like it because of the time and this and that. Right, okay. Set a time limit, 
it's not that hard. One minute, 90 seconds, whatever it is. Look at all the replays. Make your decision. If you haven't made your decision in 90 seconds, then stick with the on-field decision. Then it's not clear and obvious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, exactly. It can't be exactly. by its very nature. So set a fucking time limit and get the fuck on with it. It's not that and difficult. I've, I've always yeah, said and from the very, yeah, very sorry, beginning. Jay. Sorry, go on. Sorry, Jay, just to, just, to, just to go back to your previous point there about the, the reviews. It's not the worst idea in the world. They have it in, as you say, they have it in NFL. They have it in tennis. They have it in cricket, right? They, they have it yeah. in cricket, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So, again, it's this reluctance to look outside of their own sport and also look outside of their own country to look at how, you know, where is best in class? You know, where can we go away and, and learn from other sports, from other from other um, leagues and find the best way to do it. And there is just no desire within England to to go and explore those alternative options. It is, it is as you say, it's a very British mentality of like, you know, we are English, we invented football, this is how we do it, and that's how, just how it is. And it, it's very much that, you know, stubborn, you know, this is what we are and this is how we created things and that's just how it is sort of mentality. They know best, right? Yeah. And, but and it's so old-fashioned. It, it is. And it's it, like, it doesn't like, work. But, but they've yeah. got good old English sports, as they say in, in, in quotation marks, of, of rugby and cricket, which have embraced this thing and, and it works. Totally. And, and the transparency. And, and it, that's all you're asking for is the transparency and we're just not getting it at all. If, you, if they were transparent, it's, it's because it would flag up the letters. That's what they're yeah, scared exactly. of. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Never a true word spoken. They don't want oh. transparency. They're fighting. Every move they make is to try and make things as opaque as possible. They've managed to... We've brought in VAR like four seasons ago. Maybe it's longer now, but it seems about, about four seasons ago. And the idea was that it would be a little bit choppy to begin with, but we would get used to it and they would get used to it. And it would add to the game and it would make, make take away the controversy a lot of the time. And it would make for a much more authentic experience because you're getting the right decisions and it's all smooth and yada, yada, yada. But in fact, every year they've managed to make it worse. Every single season without fail since its inception, it's got harder to understand and worse and more inconsistent and more arbitrary. And now you have a situation where... For once, I'm not a lone voice in the wilderness sitting here saying, this is fucked. This is absolutely fucked. They've now managed to create a situation where journalists, pundits, um, reporters, players, even players do not know what the rules are, do not know what constitutes a foul, a handball, even dissent don't know the extent to which they're allowed to talk to referees or not. They Nothing now, nothing in the game is clear. Now, how is that possible? And to quote Paul Hagenbottom, a manager in the game, he said a couple of weeks ago, they are ruining our game and we've got to stop them. And he had a fucking point. Who, who gave these people the power to be who they are? Who said this cabal of an old boy network should have complete control of the country's most important and lucrative and loved and cherished national sport 
and they should be able to run it however they see fit and everybody else has to fall in the line. Who made them kingmakers? What is the deal here? We've gone from having Mike Riley as the head, yep, to uh, who was notorious. I mean, there's that Arsenal Man United game that's done the rounds on YouTube for basically an example of bias reffing. And he's been replaced now by fucking hard web. You remember all the jokes about him back in the day? You know, Alex Ferguson's 12th man and all that shit. And now he's supposedly supposed to be overseeing this group. And it's it's like the Cambridge bloody spies. You know what I mean? Nobody's questioning anyone because they're all just good, good guys trying their best. And it's so hard and they're bound to make mistakes. And ha, 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 it's all fine. They're all good chaps. What a load of shit. You can see, we can see the game falling apart in front of our eyes. And most of the time, people can't do anything other than just explain it away. Well, here we've got an example here, a prime example of how shite they actually are, whether it is total incompetence or corruption. The point is the incompetence is so bad and so prevalent that it leads to legitimate questions about integrity. Yeah. And if that happens, your entire sport is getting undermined. Yeah. And it will, and you're right. It it, it it feeds the conspiracy theory argument. It feeds the corruption argument. So you know they're making a rod for their own back here, but are so stubborn and short sighted and you know insular that they are just completely averse to doing anything to make it better. It's close ranks. It's protect your own. It's um, you know it's. It's British politics played out as football. It really is. It really is. And, and Tim says that all the time. It's sport. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a mirror image of, of society. And that really is where we are and per- right now. Particularly you know? football. And as, as the sports governing authorities become worse and worse, more and more suspected of corruption, unless they, they put up restrictions and laws to make them less accountable, to make them have to justify things even less, to make it an offence to even question things. Well, you know what kind of governments do that, don't you? And the British government's doing that at the moment. Thank you very much. But you know what kind of ones do that? Autocrats, dictators, people yeah. who do not have the best interests of their citizens at heart. And like I said before, the PGMOL doesn't give a monkeys about football yeah. or the fans yeah. or the clubs. It's only concerned about looking after their own and making sure they're all right. Yeah. So Jay, look. Um, interestingly, I'm not sure I saw this coming, but it it, it does feel like we've reached you know a breaking point a here. And point. Uh, you know, I, I think there has been a number of, of issues, and and you know, I think probably the broken relationship between Klopp certainly uh, and and the PGM well, and it does it does feed into the narrative that the chief talks about. But the club have released a statement that says Liverpool Football Club acknowledges the POML's admission of their failures last night, not accepts apology. Um, if there was an apology, it is clear that the correct application of the laws of the game did not occur, resulting in the sporting integrity being undermined. We fully accept the pressures that match officials work under, but these pressures are supposed to be alleviated, not exacerbated by the existence and implementation of VAR. It's therefore unsatisfactory that sufficient time was not afforded to allow the correct decision to be made and there was no subsequent intervention. That such failings have already categorized, been categorized as significant 
human error. It is also unacceptable and all outcomes should be established only by the review and with full transparency. It's vital for the reliability of future decision making as it applies to all clubs with learnings um, being used to make improvements to processes in order to ensure this type of situation can't occur again. In the meantime, we will explore the range of options available given the need for clear and escalation and resolution. What does that last paragraph mean? What range of options are they going to explore, do you wonder? I'd imagine there's not many. Um, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just, just given the, the, the people we're dealing with. Um, you know, what's an apology? Apology doesn't give you the points. Apology doesn't put Jotha back on the field. Apology doesn't put Jones back on the field. You know what I mean? An apology doesn't do anything. It's just, you know, it's lost worth. I'll sweep under the carpet. You know, just as Wolves from week one of the season, what an apology means, it means for all. Um, you know, are they going to allow us to replay the game? No. Like, as much as, you know, we I think we're entitled to that, they're not going to allow us. Um, are we going to give them the points? No. Um, so, so therefore, there's, there's nothing of benefit to us. You know what I mean? They might say, oh, all right, well, we'll, we'll wipe the, you know, the bands for Jotter and Jones off or something like that. Well, that doesn't matter because the damage has been done. We, we lost the game. Okay, we, we lost the game due to an on goal. We won't even get into that because we were highly unlucky. If anything, you know, it, it make it makes us prove how much of a, of a good team we are that we we got to that far in the game with nine men, um, and it took an own goal to beat us. Um, but there's nothing that they can do within their realms of power, unless they go completely against the grain and do something that we we don't expect that will prove that they, they can give us a resolution to this situation that is worth any sort of credibility because they can't they, they won't and you know i think Klopp was smart in terms of you know we, we kind of said before that he's resigned to it but i think he, he he's a smart fella he knows what he's doing and had he come out there all guns blazing like we said earlier on it, it creates headlines the club have now done this carefully worded statements very strongly um you know what what comes of it will not be a lot it needs a lot of media background it needs a lot of you know power and other people to run with it and sort of snowball it into something and as i said earlier on until these decisions which are highly unlikely go against clubs of certain consequence then i can't imagine much things happen but it, it's flagged up a huge, you know, mistake in terms of what these people are doing. Um, it does feed into the to narrative of corruption. It does certainly prove that certain people are incompetent at doing their role. Um, you know, as we said earlier on, if you, if you fuck up in your job like this, you, you're disciplined to a point of potentially being sacked or lose your job. These fellas get a week off on pay or two weeks off or whatever, um, maybe stood down and go and re- referee, you know, Rotherham versus Preston in the Championship and, that, and that's your punishment. You know, it's, it's not a punishment, is it? You're still getting paid to do what you do. Um, I can't imagine there's going to be any any effect and we'll be left to go into our game against Brighton next week and we, we'll just have to bite down our gun shield and do what we have to do because we'll have two red cards against our name We'll have an injured player. 
we'll be without any points that we should have got. And it'll just be brushed under the carpet because by the time we play Brighton at two o'clock next Sunday afternoon, the Saturday games will have been played and there'll be another decision that needs discussing because it happens week on week, game on game, and we're not getting anywhere. And it just feels like we're going through a rolling circle. And there has been numerous people, as mentioned on this podcast, who think that this game is dead. You know what I mean? The, the, the sport that we all grew up and loved. It's just dying before our eyes. It's dying for one reason, and it's the money. The money is killing it, and that's not just to do with transfers. It's to, it's to do with, you know, the, it feeds into this narrative of corruption. It feeds into, you know, referees being allowed to go to UAE and, and gain, you know, extra revenue and doing things. It 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 literally it's ruining the game and. It's sad to see because it's happening right before your very eyes and you can't do fuck all about it. Yeah, and Chief, you know, unfortunately the next game against Brighton, they're probably, probably the most worst or hardest done by a team over the last kind of two seasons on these sorts of things. So maybe we might get something goes our way, who knows, just by accident. Um, look, you know, we, we've we've done a lot around the the issues and and the the decisions, etc. Root cause analysis, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but look, would be really remiss not to look at the performance. Um, we are excellent. This this team that's absolutely riding the crest of a wave at the minute. We go there and until Jones is sent off, we're absolutely dominant. Yeah, they break a few times, but they don't really get near the goal. Um, we have multiple chances. You know, the goal that we score, we, we you know, we score two two legitimate goals that day. Um, I'd be interested to see the XG before Jolla goes, what that looked like. But down to 10, we're great and we have a plan and we've done it before and you can see Nunez stripped and ready to go before Johnny gets sent off. Fucks up our second plan. But we still hang in there. We are we are like Tony Pulis's West Brom um, for the last kind of 25 minutes with eight players and you know Klopp, Klopp said it himself. You know I think there's a lot a lot to be taken from, from that performance and especially defensively where, where people have called out that we have issues there. Any time now, Chief. It's the old mute there. Sorry. Yeah, fabulous performance. <laughs> You're absolutely right, to be fair. You know what um, that is, Chief? That's just that's gross incompetence on your behalf, and we're going to have to fuck it is, it the board. It is, it is. I'll have you can't to use the technology down. properly. I know. I'll have to be stood down for, for next week's uh, next week's pod. Um, no, it, 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 I mean, the one thing you are left with is that we were by far the better team. Even even with nine, they offered nothing and wouldn't have scored had it not been for a very unfortunate moment. Because, I mean, it's not even, it's one of them where he's, he just gets his foot completely wrong because it's an easy clearance, to be honest. Um, and it just, it's all the pressure that's built from being at nine men for the last half an hour, 25, well, half an hour, including injury time anyway. And being at ten men since since twenty five minutes, um, it's a fabulous performance. We look like a real team, and it's gonna take it's gonna take putting us down to nine men. It's gonna take playing with 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 fifteen men, eleven plus the four officials, um, and VAR to be this this season. So massively positive, massively positive. Um, 
I think everyone watching that game, even in the even the commentary teams, uh, were were sort of sad for Liverpool yesterday when that goal went in because I think they, if it were a movie, you know, they would they'd be the ultimate heroes in the end. You know what I mean? They'd be the ones that won the hearts and minds of the of the of the watching public. You know, they're they're Rocky to Spurs' Drago yesterday. Let's be honest. Um, and uh, yeah. So the season looks really good. It's a complete night and day from last season. So bring it on. And yeah, up against Brighton, um, they have just been battered by Villa. I think they're finding the Europa League tough, as I thought they would. I think they're finding it a stretch too far with their small squad. Um, yeah, well, actually, what's, in, what's interesting, Chief, I heard in the last four games, deserves to be 29 changes. So he's making yeah. the most use of the squad, but he's, what that's given them is a, a, just a lack of continuity, which is something we struggled with last year. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 that's going to happen. Lack of continuity and lack of maybe a, a wee bit of a drop off in quality here and there and whatever. But um, Brighton's been very used to sort of having a tight squad and having a game a week and being able to to prepare for games and and so on. And it's not quite working out for them at the moment. So it's maybe a good time to play them. And they also, as you said, have a have a little bit of a tough time with with contentious decisions as well. So you know something might go in our favour. Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of standouts for me. I think Gomez superb. Oh, we never even touched on the Gomez penalty decision. Fox sake, there was that many. I forgot about them all. But Joe Gomez, I think really, really excellent. Um, Joel Maddock, really, really excellent. Um, and again, I think you know that. I think that's a real bonus I take, not just from, from yesterday, but from the last couple of weeks. And, and the one area of the pitch where we, you know, constantly focus on there being a, a real issue and we should have done more, we may be better off there, significantly better off there than, than, than we thought we were coming into the campaign. Yeah, I mean... I think, with all due respect, I, the weak link in that defence is Robertson. Um, and I, I don't think it takes a genius to figure that out. I think, you know, coming into the start of the season, most people's back forward is Trent, Gnate, Van Dijk and Robertson. And, you know, for one reason or another, we've been missing, you know, two of them um, in, in Trent and Gnate. Um And yesterday's lineup did initially fear me with, like, I do fear in terms of their 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 pace on the attacking and what they've got in Son and and that prick Richardson on the on that left hand side and for you know we could be in for a bit of a tough day here but Gomez and Matip stood up immensely for Virgil as well and must be mentioned he was he was back to his his supreme best yesterday and I do think at times we we're just we're starting to see the decline in Robertson which is sad but. There's not much we can do about it now. I don't think there's much we'll even do about it in January. I think if if Liverpool are to strengthen anywhere in January, we might sort of potentially look for for something in the defensive midfield role because, with all due respect, poor Endo is not up to the class we need. Um, I think if anyone watched the Carabao Cup game last week, he was he was found wanting in the first half. Second half, he was a bit better. Um, but I think we're we're sort of we're looking at a man there who's just literally in the squad to be a squad filler. Um, with all due respect to him, and if we've got the potential to buy anyone in January, then I think that's where we may strengthen. Um, and I think, you know, 
with the rumoured links, we are sort of looking towards a left-sided centre-half slash left-back position role. So maybe we are going to see strength in there next year. But when it was put to us yesterday, even with like 10 men, you know, as you said, from 25 minutes to like a large chunk of the game, we were the, we were the better team um, with nine men. You know, they, they, were, they were stuck for ideas. And yet we were back to the wall. And yet we basically, we held our cards out on the table and said, look, we're not going to try and win this game. We took all our attackers off. We said, we're going five at the back, couple of lads in midfield. Let's see what you've got. And they couldn't break us down. And it literally took a freak home goal for them to beat us. Um, and Chiefs, right, you know, we, we are the heroes in that. When, you, when you've got Gary Neville, of all people, you know, championing your cause for, for so many reasons, um, you know, it, it kind of tells you where you are on the pool team. But it's cause for a lot of optimism. Um we know maybe when we get a do do get a settled back four, sorry, we might even see a bit more continuity, a bit more of a of a steadier sort of back line. Um, you know, we're hardly the worst defence in the league, okay, at the moment because we see conceded two goals yesterday. We've sort of dropped our record, but we've only conceded seven all season, so that we're averaging one a game. It's you know, across a 38-game league season, it's, you know, 38 goals. doesn't do simple maths to do that, but that can win you titles if you get that down to, you know, the 30, 32 mark. Um, and that's not saying we are destined for the title, but this team is showing resilience, character, fight. You know, we, we've now got everything to create a siege mentality and... You know better than everyone. You know if you, if you come to Anfield and this that crowd is there for the siege mentality, you know we'll create something this season and we might not win the league, but we, we'll certainly go far in cups and we'll certainly give as good as we've got in most games. So I'm I'm very confident now about what goes forward and one eye towards Brighton next week. They go to Marseille in Europe on Thursday night. We're at home to Union Saint Gerard. I I fancy us to turn them over pretty easily, but Marseille. You know, not an easy task to velodrome, not an easy stadium to go to. Will be lively. Brighton's first dip into that competition. I would fancy us to, to bounce back next weekend. Yeah, although I think Marseille might be really quietly shite. Um, but <laughs> ah, they, they give a go. They give a good game against Ajax. Who, better won't confess, aren't exactly. Great, Are also but... quietly really shite. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, two shite teams. Um, we'll see. Yeah, this is true. Um, all right, look, lads, thanks for that. Um, good debate. Until next time, up the fucking seeds mentality, Reds. <laughs> <laughs>